God wants us to feed our faith. And the way we feed our faith is by being enriched in the word of God and staying in communion with God through prayer. So there's freedom to live. Welcome to Kingdom Living, a broadcast ministry of author and speaker Shanti Young, senior pastor of Second Liberty Baptist Church in Quentin, Virginia. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Young. If you would turn with me to Isaiah chapter 43, starting at verse number one, I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Translation. Isaiah 43 verse one says, but now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you and through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Saba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my sight and honored and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and from the west. I will gather you. I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not withhold. Bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. Let's drop down to verse 18. It says, do not remember the former things or consider the things of old. I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. For a few moments this morning, I'm going to preach from the subject, freedom to live. Freedom to live. Hashtag let it go. Hashtag a new thing. How many want God to do a new thing in their lives? Amen. Amen. There's a story of a man who was passing by some elephants and he took notice of something and he suddenly stopped. And he was confused by the fact that these huge creatures were being held by a small rope that was tied to their front leg. There were no chains, there were no, no cages, and it was obvious that these elephants could at any time break away from the ropes that they were tied to, but for some reason they did not break away. And so the man, he saw a trainer standing nearby and he decided to go up to this trainer and ask him why these huge, magnificent uh, animals would not break away from the, the small rope that was holding them. And the trainer said, well, when they were young, much smaller, we used the same size rope to tie them. And at that age, it's enough to hold them. And as they grow up, they are conditioned to believe that they cannot break away. They believe that the rope can still hold them, so they never try to break free. And so the man, he was amazed, and he realized that these animals could at any time break free from the bonds, but because they believed that they couldn't, they stuck right where they were. 
And like the elephants, how many of us go through life hanging on to a belief that we cannot do something simply because we failed at it once before? Or how many of us are being held back by an old, outdated beliefs that no longer serve us? How many of us have avoided trying something new because of a limiting belief? And worst, how many of us are being held back by someone else's limiting beliefs? Freedom to live. It's important for us to understand that because of who we are in Christ Jesus, we're able to break free from those things that once held us bound. Harriet Tubman once said that I freed a thousand slaves and I could have freed thousands more if they only knew that they were slaves. And again, I asked us the question about how many of us are being bound by those things from our past, things that people said, things that we've done in our past, and it's holding us and keeping us from being the people that God would have us to be, to living the life that God would have us to live, to accepting the new thing that God is trying to do in our life. Many of you know that I love hip-hop, one of my favorite hip-hop artists from Atlanta, Georgia, right outside of Decatur. He said that spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. I see some head nods, some witnesses with me on today. Spaceships don't come equipped with rear view mirrors. And if that's not what you can relate to, I want you to imagine driving a car. You cannot drive your car looking through the rear view mirror. If you try to drive your car looking through the rearview mirror, you're going to crash at some point in time. God has given us so much vision. He has placed us and downloaded into us what he wants us to do. But because of who we are in our flesh and because of what the enemy tries to do to us and hold us bound by the things that have happened in our past, many of us do not live the lives that God wants us to live. We look here at Isaiah chapter 43, and we understand that Isaiah was a great prophet, and he was uh, a prophet during the time of the exile of the children of Israel because of their disobedience to God. And many of us can find ourselves standing in the shoes of the Israelites because many of us have been disobedient to God. And if we're honest on today, all of us have been disobedient to God because God's word said that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We can stand there in the shoes of the children of Israel and we can understand what it's like to not feel God's presence in our life. We can understand what it's like to not follow God's rules and standards and expectations. And we can understand what it's like to not live the life that God would have us to live. But God is a faithful God. God is a merciful God and he gives us his grace and mercy each and every morning and because he gives us his grace and his mercy, he still loves us, he still cares for us, he still wants the best for us, and he has our best intentions at heart. And we see here, the first part of Isaiah is talking about all the things that the children of Israel had, had done and not done according to God's will, and they were being punished. But here in chapter 43, in the second part of Isaiah, he's giving them some comfort. He's giving them some reassurance that everything is going to be all right. And I stand here on today helping you to understand that everything is going to be all right. You may not see it right now, 
It may not look like it in the near future, but I'm here to let you know that everything is going to be all right. And God will give you freedom to live. Again, because the life that the children of Israel were living, they were allowing their past to dictate their future. And they were holding on to the past, and it was pulling them away from the promise that God had given unto them. And that's why we see here that the prophet Isaiah is helping them to understand in verses 18 and 19. He says, do not remember the former things or dwell on or consider the things of old, for I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God is speaking through Isaiah to the children of Israel, and he's helping them to understand that, yes, you messed up in the past. Yes, you've gotten it wrong time and time again, but I'm about to do a new thing. And if I'm about to do a new thing and you're going to walk into that new thing, I need you not to focus and dwell on the past. How many of us usually dwell on mistakes that we made? We think and we replay it over in our minds over and over again. If I would have just done this, if I wouldn't have done this, if I would have went this place, and if I would have said this, maybe things would be different. And it's okay to evaluate where we have been, but it's not for us to dwell on the past because God continues to take care of us. And when we think about being in a relationship with God through Jesus the Christ, we have to understand that the old things have passed away and that God has made us new creatures. He's made us new all over again, and he doesn't see us the way that we see ourselves or the way that other people may see us. He doesn't see us as broken. He doesn't see the mistakes because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He's looking at us through a different lens, and he's seeing us as whole, and he's seeing us as his children. He's a great father. And he's loving us despite the things that we've done in our life. And so Isaiah is trying to help people of God understand that they have to choose whether they're going to dwell on the past or whether they're going to walk into the new thing. Whether they're going to accept life or dwell on the death in their past. Jesus puts it like this. He says that you need to choose whether you're going to be hot or whether you're going to be cold. Don't be lukewarm you, 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 because I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. God will spew you out. He doesn't like anything lukewarm. So either choose whether you're going to be hot or you, whether you're going to be cold. There's a saying in growing up that you can't straddle the fence. And when we accept Jesus Christ into our life, we are joined into the kingdom of God and we have exited the kingdom of darkness. And so we can't serve two masters. We have to decide whether we're going to live by faith or live by fear. And so this scripture is trying to help us to understand that we have to be willing to let it go. We have to be willing to live according to the freedom that God has given us. God's word also says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You're trying to figure out whether I should do this or whether I should do that. And you're straddling the fence and you're being pulled back and forth. But God wants you to rest assured and knowing that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Proverbs 3 says that we should trust in the Lord with all our heart. 
and lean not into our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our pathways. It says don't trust and lean on yourself, but trust in God. Because God knows all things, he sees all things, and he's willing to do all things for his children. And so as we have just come off a six-week series of studying the life of Joseph, it showed us what happens when we decide not to dwell on the past and we move forward to what God has in store for us. And again, we have to decide what we're willing to choose, whether we're willing to choose life or death, whether we're willing to live by faith or live by fear. There's a, a story of a Native American culture that says there are two wolves that are within. It's one good wolf and one bad wolf. And the story goes that the wife asked the man, which wolf will be able to rise up? And he said, whichever one you choose to feed. And many of us are feeding our fears. Many of us are, are dwelling on the past, but God wants us to feed our faith. And the way we feed our faith is by being enriched in the word of God and staying in communion with God through prayer. So there's freedom to live. So again, we have to realize that we can't hold on to the old things and be willing to accept the new thing that God has in store for us. And we have to understand that we have to be willing to grow into the people that God would have us to be in order to accept the new thing that God has for us. As we look at the story of Joseph, we saw that he was betrayed and we saw that he could have easily held on to his betrayal that he experienced from his family. He could have easily held on to uh, being thrown into a jail because of a crime that he didn't commit. He could have easily held on to those old things, but Joseph was willing to allow those things to be left behind to continue to be the person that God would have him to be. And I believe that's what God allowed to take place in order for him to walk into his destiny and be able to be put into a position where he could save his family later on. Paul puts it this way, that I'm forgetting those things which are behind me, and I press toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. We have to be willing to leave those things in our past so that we can grow into who God would have us to be. And many times we don't feel like we're ready to grow and accept the new things that God has in store for us. If anybody willing to be honest today? We feel like we're not ready to accept what God has in store for us. We feel like we're not in the right position, that we don't have enough money, that we don't have enough status, that, that everything is not lined up the way that we want to. But how many of us know that God can do a lot with a little bit? And if you have the mindset that you're not able to accept or ready to accept what God has in store for you, you'll never be ready. You can't stay the same and receive the new thing. Because if you didn't receive the new thing, if you didn't believe that you were ready to accept it, it wouldn't take any faith, it wouldn't take any discipline, it wouldn't take any heart, it wouldn't take any focus, because we would be considered staying in our comfort zone. Earlier this week at basketball training, I noticed some of the drills that they were doing, and I noticed some of the kids felt a little bit uncomfortable. And the coach was 
from my perspective, was trying to get them outside of their comfort zone. He was stretching them and trying to help them to understand that you have to continue to work and develop your skill set in order to be a great basketball player. And many of us, we have to continue to work and develop our skill set as believers in order to be the people that God wants us to be. We can look at the life of Joseph and we could see that he was not necessarily ready to receive what God had in store for him, but he did it anyway. We can look at the life of Abram and how God told him to leave all that he knew. He just told him to leave his family and leave where he grew up behind and go to the place that he had in store for him. And Abram could have easily said that I'm not ready to leave, but he decided to trust God and leave anyway. We can look at the life of Moses. And we, Moses, we understand that he was raised in Egypt and we understand that he killed a man and he fled for his life. And we could look at the life of Moses and easily say that Moses was not ready to receive the power that he had through God in order to free his people, but Moses did it anyway. We can look at the life of Paul. Paul saying that he was for God, but he was killing God's people. And we could have easily said that Paul was not ready to uh, receive what God had in store for him, but he did the work anyway. We can look at our own lives and we can think about all the reasons that we have that we're not able and not willing to receive what God has in store for us, but we have to be willing to do the work anyway and get outside our comfort zone. So we have to ask ourselves the question, do you want the new thing? There's two possibilities of not embracing the new thing. The first thing in deciding that you're not ready is stubbornness. We can be stubborn at sometimes. We can get set in our ways. My mother always says, the older I get, the less patient I get. The older I get, the less I want to change the way that I do things. We can be stubborn at times. The Oxford Dictionary says that stubbornness is a, a determined not to change your opinion or attitude. Determined not to change your opinion or your attitude. No matter if you're presented with the facts, no matter how good the argument is, I'm not going to change my mind. Anybody ever been there? It doesn't matter if we're wrong. As two left shoes. We're going to stand on our opinions. We're going to stand on our attitude. And we're not willing to change no matter what. And as we look at the children of Israel, they were being stubborn. And their stubbornness got them in trouble. Their stubbornness, because they wanted to do what they wanted to do in the way that they wanted to do it, and they, Moses said, were a stiff-necked people. They weren't willing to change. They weren't willing to adapt and believe what God had in store for them, and so they were stubborn. And many of us, again, can be stubborn. We don't want to trust and depend on God, or we say we want to trust and depend on God, but when it comes time to do that, we don't walk in faith. And so one of the possibilities of not embracing a new thing is stubbornness. But the other thing is pain of shame. The other possibility of not embracing the new thing is the pain of shame. We look at our habits of shame. 
Some of us have a shame-based identity. Sometimes we might feel like we're damaged goods, that we're unwanted, that we're filthy, that we're not good enough, that people are going to reject us, that if people knew what we had been through, they would not want to be around us. If they knew the things that we did in our past, they wouldn't want to be affiliated with us. That if they understood the places that we've been and the things that we said and the people that we've affiliated with, they may not want to be affiliated with us. Many of us are dealing with that. We believe that this shame defines us. And that's what the enemy wants us to believe. Jesus said that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I came to give life and life more abundantly. And so we understand that what it says in Romans 8 and 1, it says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter who you've been with, no matter what you said, the mistakes that you've made, the bad things that have happened to you, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Amen. What does that mean? That means that we should not have any shame because we've been forgiven. That we should not have any shame of the things that have happened in our past because since we are in Christ, we've been forgiven. And we are in a right relationship with the Lord. We should understand that we were made in the image of God. We understood that as those who were in uh, Sunday school this morning, talking about being made in the image and the likeness of God. And we say that God is good, that God is great. We say all these great things about God, but we should understand that if we are made in God's image, that's how God sees us as well. God looks at us through the lens of Christ. He looks at us with a prescription of grace and mercy. God sees us as whole because of what Christ did on the cross. Again, we should understand that we should not feel unworthy, that we should not feel left behind, that we should not feel alone, that we should not feel unqualified. We should understand that we have all that we need to be the people that God would have us to be. We should understand that God has given us and has equipped us with all that we need to do what he has called us to do. And all we have to do is walk in it, walk in faith and not walk in fear and continue to live our lives pleasing unto the Lord. Said Romans 8 and 1 said that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And we see here in Isaiah chapter 43 that the children of Israel are being reassured that despite all that they have gone through, that God still loves them. We go back to verse 1. He says, but now, thus says the Lord, who has created you, O Jacob, he's formed you, O Israel. Do not fear, for I redeemed you. I've called you by name because you are mine. We have been redeemed. We have been called by name because we belong to the Lord. He says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. So we should understand that as children of God, yes, we have a past, but we've been forgiven for it. But we have to continue to live the life that God would have us to live. And we have to understand that things are going to come up. 
We're going to have to walk through the waters. We're going to have to walk through the rivers. But God will be there to protect us. God will be there to help us to get through. We're going to have to go through the fire. We're going to be persecuted. We're not always going to be like, but he says that the fire will not burn you and the flame will not consume you. And this is why he says, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give you Egypt as your ransom, Ethiopia and Seba in exchange for you because you are precious in my sight. And honored, and I love you. I give people in return for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not fear, for I am with you. It says, for I am the Lord your God. I'm the one who created you. I'm the one who woke you up this morning. I'm the one who started you on your way. And I love you, and I'm there for you, and I want the best for you, so just continue to live according to my will. And many of us, we fall into the trap of believing that we're not worthy of God's grace and mercy. The truth of the matter is we're not, but God still loves us. He has an unconditional love for us. And that's the good news today, is that we have a God, we have a Father who loves us. And he has a new thing that is waiting for us. Going back to verse number 19, he says, I'm about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? He says, I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. He's saying, I'll make a way out of no way. He says, no matter if it seems like it's a dry season, no matter if it seems like there's no way that it's going to work out, I can still do a new thing. And we have to rest and be assured in knowing that God can do a new thing in our life. We have to have freedom to live. We have to rest assured in hope and knowing that God has already worked it out on our behalf. We have to continue to live our lives knowing that God has already set it in place and we just have to do the work necessary to get to the place where God would have us to be. And all of us who have been accepted into the kingdom by way of Jesus the Christ. He says this in verse number six, helping the children of Israel to understand that I will bring forth your offspring from the east and from the west. I'll tell the north to give them up and the south to not withhold, to bring my sons from far away and my daughters from the end of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, who I formed and I made. And I'm here to let you know you've been called by name. That you have been created for God's glory. That you have been formed and made in the likeness of God. And he has some great things in store for you. So don't remember the former things or consider the things of old. For I'm about to do a new thing. And now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, in the rivers, in the desert. I invite you to come and bring those old things that you've been holding on to. Those things that have held you bound, like that rope that was on the elephant. Knowing that you are great, you're powerful in God's eyes. I invite you to come and just lay those old things at the altar. You can come at any time. 
because God does not see those things anymore. But it's us that are holding on to those old things and it's keeping us from living the life that God wants us to live. It's keeping us and holding us bound from the things that God wants us to do. Because again, he's trying to do a new thing and we find ourselves wrestling day by day with the old things instead of walking in faith to the new things that God has in store for us. And so as we wrestle day by day, I encourage you to walk in faith and not think about and consider the things of old because God is trying to do a new thing in your life. And he's able to do a new thing because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. He hung, he bled, he died for us all. He went down to the deep depths of hell and conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he was resurrected with all power in heaven and on earth. And because of the resurrection that took place, we have access to that same power. So bring it to the altar and leave it here. No longer do we have to walk around with the old things and dwell on the old things because God is willing to do a new thing in your life. Freedom to live. Hashtag let it go. And there's some words that I want to end with. It's from a great Disney movie called Frozen. And I'm not going to sing the song Let It Go because it'll be in my head all day. But there was a there's a verse in that song that I believe is, is very important for all of us to take with us as we leave today. It says, it's funny how some distance makes everything seem small. And the fears that once controlled me can't get to me at all. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No right, no wrong, no rules for me. I'm free. If we just give it to God and continue to trust God and lean not into our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our pathway. Give it to God. Let it go. And be willing to live the life of freedom that God would have you to live. We trust that today's message has been inspiring and uplifting. Be sure to tune in next time for more of Kingdom Living 